man, fear is like, it's, it's a tough thing. That's why a lot of people don't make the jump to be an entrepreneur. They get comfortable. It's like, I had a great job. I could have stayed, you know, but there's that, that thing that was kind of nagging at me and it was scary. And it was like, I faced it and I'm like, Oh, okay. And then when I got into MMA, it was like, that was, you know, jujitsu was even jujitsu was scary. Competing in anything is scary, but man, nothing's mm -hmm. scarier than MMA fighting. It was like, and I did that for a few years. I was like, this is not fun. I, you know, cause like when you interview good fighters, like I wasn't a very good MMA fighter. I'm too nice. And I'm more of a jujitsu guy and just like, Hey, let's go train and roll. These guys are like, I want to break your face. And I'm like, Oh, that's not me. Okay. But when you, when you talk to the really, really good guys, the elite guys, like my best friend, man, they're just something different about those guys. You're just like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, there's something different about you. So those guys, they, I think they feed off the fear. A guy like me is like, I have to face the fear. And it was like, once you face it, you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. I didn't die. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. My wife and I see her and her team every single month for couples massage, and I'm telling you, it is the best thing ever. She specializes in Hanu infusion, Hanu ashiatsu, Gua Sha, and manual lymphatic drainage. If you need a massage to get you feeling good and relaxed, make sure to reach out to Tracy and her team down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. Also mention that I sent you and you get 25 bucks off your massage packet. Also check out CBA Brows and Body Ink where Tracy offers the best tattoo brows and plasma fibroblasting tightening with the first ever Aurora Pro Plasma Titan Machine, not a plasma pen. And don't forget to tell Tracy that I sent you to save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows or plasma tightening. Paul, your husband, your father, you're a two-time best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, international speaker, Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion, investor who is helping entrepreneurs build a reliable wealth system, and much more. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Man, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I think you grew up in South Dakota. What was childhood like for you? Oh, childhood. Childhood was crazy. It was, it's like the old movies you'd see. Like, you know, we didn't have cell phones, obviously, back then, and yeah. everybody's rode their bikes around, and parents like, be home at, you know, dark. And it was fun. It was a cool place to grow up. But then as I got older, I was like, man, I got to go somewhere else. It's like, I went to college up there and I was like, I'm going to end up like stuck if I don't get out of here and do something. And then luckily my best friend at the time was like, Hey, I'm going to move to Texas and fight in the UFC someday. I'm like, all right, cool. That sounds fun. I'll move down to Texas for a year and try it. And then literally <laughs> met my wife two months later and I've been here 25 years. So it was Come a good on. move. <laughs> man, that's a, I grew up in a, a similar city where it's like either got the heck out of Dodge when you graduated high school or you stayed there and made babies. And, and yep. uh, I was out, dude. I was, <laughs> I wasn't yeah, coming. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. When you were a kid, what was it that you wanted to be when you grew up? Want to be a professional golfer. <laughs> oh, okay. Come yeah. on. People see me now with my mangled ears and, you know, I don't look like a golfer. Golfers now look like they're super athletic, but back then they weren't. Right. You know, so that was like the big dream. I played golf in college. It's one thing a lot of people don't know about me, but I played golf in college, division two, okay. did that, you know, and then I was like, man, I'm just, I'm good, but I'm not good enough. And I don't have the resources to do it. So I was like, I got to figure something else out. And then ended up falling in love with jujitsu. And that became a big part of my life and led me down a really cool road with a lot of cool adventures. Come on. <laughs> uh, I know that you and Chad, you and I chatted before we, we turn on the record here button or the cord button, but uh, out here in Coeur d'Alene, we have the floating hole or floating uh, par three out here. So pretty rad. It's fun to see golfers out there hit and miss every single time when they go out there. Uh, Cause you got to take a boat out to the, the, where the, the putting green is at. So that's awesome. You'll have to come check that out one of these days. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I want to definitely want to visit. That's a great area. Um, I think I was, you used to be a former stockbroker. How did you get into that? What did you, <laughs> or why did you decide to get into that, man? It was crazy. I'd always wanted to learn about money. I grew up, my parents didn't have any money. The only time they talked about okay. money when it was something negative and all, oh, we can't yeah. afford that and rich people suck and all this stuff. And then through jujitsu, I started training down in Dallas and then we would train during the daytime classes and then we'd do odd jobs at night, you know, trying to find different 
things as you're trying to find a career or whatever. And I'd see these guys that were dressed pretty nice. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, oh, we're stockbrokers. I'm like, oh, I'd love to do that. You know, I love, I love learning about stocks and all stuff. And this was in 2001. And they were like, do you have a degree? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, dude, we'll basically hire about anybody that can answer a phone because the market was just on fire. It was when the, the, I literally started at the top of the dot-com bubble. Like, okay. You know, so I started in March <laughs> and then you had 9-11 happen. It was like, yeah, I ended up making it through that. And it was, I tell people for, for a job, it was the best job I ever had next to be an entrepreneur. Like I learned so much and it opened up my mind of the possibilities because I grew up with no possibilities. My hope was like, you know what? Hey, maybe you can retire someday with a little bit of money and then. I hired as a stockbroker and I started talking to these people that had millions of dollars and I'm like, and you start talking to them and you're like, how did you do this? And the same conversation all the time. Oh, I put $500 a month away in my 401k and then I retired. And I'm like, well, you didn't do anything like day trading or nope. I just put money in the stocks and let the market go. And I'm like, okay, there's something to this. Then as I was, when I was a broker, I started studying like Warren Buffett, Peter Lynch, all these famous investors. And it really is the simplest things win in the long run. We're always, you know, everybody's trying to catch the next hot thing. Like, coming off this crypto bubble the second time it's like you know crushed people it's like you can make a lot of money in things but if you don't have a good balance you can lose it all too real fast totally man i, I tell you like i that was one thing that i was not good with with was money i never got told or taught how to spend money how to you know don't get a credit card or anything like that i mean i got my first credit card when i was 18 i, I bought a it was a sears credit card and i, I bought a, a handy cam <laughs> so i could record my buddy's skateboarding and then i was like i only have to pay 12 bucks a month for this thing sweet i'm gonna go get some more and uh turns out by the time i was 21 i was twenty eight thousand dollars in debt and had to file bankruptcy yeah you're and, like i'm uh, in trouble <laughs> yeah for sure dude i remember like watching my Akron tiger get towed off you know i was like seriously dude i lost the car too man you know so <laughs> it's crazy you, what was what's been the hardest life lesson that you've had and how did you get through it hardest life lesson man one was it was uh when my actually 10 years ago this month my little sister passed away from uh complications of a brain aneurysm just a fluke oh. freak thing they actually stopped the aneurysm but then the complications you know she was alive for a few days and then yeah. she passed and at that time i was really i was into like grinding lifestyle like oh you gotta grind you gotta make all this money do all these things and i was doing well but i was like when that happened, I was like, man, life is short. I need to travel more. I need to have more experiences because, you know, she was one of those people that always like, oh, someday I'm going to see me. Like, she, I look at the places I've seen since she passed. Like, it, it, it's crazy because she was always like, I'm going to see this someday. And her, that's how a lot of people are. It's like, oh, someday I'm going to do this. Someday I'm going to do that. And then you don't ever know what can happen. So for me, it was a big life-changing moment. And so I, after I got through the, the depression part of that part, coming out of it, I just became like a travel nut. Like, I, I want, I go on, I would much rather buy experiences than things. I love traveling. I love being on the road. I love taking my family places. And, and I think it's, I tell people it's great. Do it early, do it now, because when you're 70, you know, unless you take really good care of yourself, it's going to be hard to go to see really cool stuff. Yeah. Oh man. It, I'm, I'm 43 now. And, uh, you know, I've done a little bit of travel, not very much like, you know, Mexico and, and, you know, Grand Cayman Island, stuff like that. But, yep. you know, for someone who wants to travel, uh, what's one of those favorite places for you that you've been to? Oh man, it's easy. Thailand, favorite place oh, on earth. Man, I've heard that so many times. <laughs> I keep trying to get my wife to move there once our kids are done, but I can't sell her <laughs> on it. I'm like, I always joke around because I have friends that live there. And I said, the name of my next book is going to be how to triple your net worth in 24 hours is Come literally on. get on a plane and fly to Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> You're, it, you live on, you live on a third the money. It, it's absolutely insane. I have friends living in just like, you know, unbelievable condos paying like a thousand bucks a month. And that includes like a maid. I'm like, in America, you'd be, you'd be, oh, maybe Dallas Fort Worth, you'd be in a bad place for a thousand bucks a month for sure. like high rise condos. I'm like, but you know, I'll keep working on it. We, we travel there. Like before the pandemic, we went there for our anniversary and stuff. And it's my favorite place just 
the people and then you appreciate stuff so much more because that's one thing we have in America. Everybody's like, oh, America sucks and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And our politics, either side, you're on whatever. It's like, go visit another country. Go see real poor people. Go to, you know, because being jujitsu, I've been to Rio. I love, I love Brazil. But Thailand is a, is a more, I like that a lot better. But man, you see like real poor, like kids playing, like the stuff you see in the movies, kids playing with a soccer ball made out of tape in the dirt. And you're like, yeah, yeah my life's pretty good. It's like, I'm not going to complain about all these things that everybody has too much time on their hands and complains about. Oh man, that's so true. It, the, when I've gone to Mexico, my, my wife and I have gone twice. When we first married, uh, we went down to actually just Tijuana, but it, just past the border, <laughs> we went down there and we built homes for, for people who literally were going from dirt floors. We'd fly down on a Friday and the, the frame or the, the, the foundation was there, but we would build them a home on Saturday and Sunday and literally put a lock on the doors. First time they've had a lock on a door and just to see these kids faces light up, man, that they have a roof over their head and like we get them toys and, and a bed to put in and, you know, and I'm not a handyman at all. My wife's the handy <laughs> person in the house. Like we, we say his tech, her tools. Cause she knows how to do all that. <laughs> she grew <laughs> nice. up in a shop. My dad grew up and you know, he just told me, he's like, just pay people to do things. And I'm like, I don't have the money to do things, you know? So. <laughs> But it's just that perspective of seeing other people's life when oh. you're in another country. It's unbelievable, man. It's unreal. One of the things that you do um, when you're helping entrepreneurs, they kind of, you know, figure out this reliable wealth system that you got going on. What do you walk them through in that process? What's that journey you take them on? Man, the first part is is the hardest part of just, just figuring out where they're at. Like people are always like, especially you talk to entrepreneurs like, man, when I have money, I'm going to this. And I'm like, and I'll tell them flat out, no, you're not because your lifestyle is going to change. It's like, I'm not buying the same stuff I bought 10 years ago. It's like everything costs more. You know, you're going to spend more money as you make it. So I, I get them to assess where they're at. Like, hey, where are you at? Like, you know, and I will go back to flying again. I always tell people, it's just like a plane. You don't get on the plane and the pilot's like, well, I really didn't do much research, you know, and then maybe, you know, when three hours we're going to land in New York and it's like, are we, you know, and that's, yeah. that's most people's financial plan as, as entrepreneurs, unfortunately, cause we're like, everybody's like, and I was guilty of it too, is like, put everything in the business. You know, it's the best investment you can make. It's going to, you know, everything. And I always argued against that. And then 2020 was even more evident. I'm like, you have to have money outside of your business because that was the first time ever. I mean, I've, I've been through recessions, but I've never been through a thing where like, Hey, you cannot operate your business and you can't make money. I'm like, this, this isn't fair. You know, yeah. and I had clients that listen and set up some of the systems that I do. And then other ones that had, and it was two different conversations. The one conversation was like, Hey, you're going to be okay. The other conversation was like, well, um, you can't even go to a bank because they're physically closed. <laughs> it, was, it was a scary time. So the yeah. first thing is just looking at your situation where you're at, you know, and like, Hey, and people, then they get, they had a good bummed out and they're like, well, I haven't done anything. I'm like, well, that's fine. You haven't done anything, but you accepted you haven't done anything. Now let's move forward and improve it. Cause it's an old saying the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago or today. So right. you just got to accept it. And once they accept it, it's kind of like, they get like, Oh, you kind of see this weight come off their shoulders. Like, yeah, I didn't do anything for the last 20 years. I'm like, Hey, it's not your fault. You, no one teaches this stuff. You know, it's like, unless you get lucky and like I did, I bumped into rich people doing jujitsu and I'd ask a million questions. And I'm like, here now they talk to their kids. I'm like, you guys talk about money. I'm like, what does your eight year old knows more about money than me? And I'm 25. It's like, this is ridiculous. And then yeah. I was like, Oh, this is how the system works. It's like people with money, talk about money, people without money, complain about money. And so I was like, I'll talk to my clients about it. And we'll be, going over it. And just once they get their situation, it's like, Hey, now you know where you're at. Now let's build a plan and just start moving forward. And it's fun to do. I mean, I, I enjoy it more than anything else. I love those conversations. I'm just a big like relationship builder networker. I love meeting new people and hearing their situations like that and being able to help them is so refreshing as the person on the other end, right? It's getting oh, them yeah. through that, that, that light there. You've wrote two books, uh, the money fight and how to make money with your martial arts gym. Great books. Uh, but um, for those people who haven't heard of these books there, 
what are those tips in the, the money fight uh, that people can kind of implement today to start saving money and getting back on the right track? Oh yeah. I'll give you the easiest one, especially is that's what's the core of the whole process. Cause there's so many complicated money systems and everything. And when I was writing the book, I'm like, I was talking to one of my uh, mentors was like, Hey, you need to make this really simple. Cause people they don't understand what the hell you're saying. And I'm yeah. like, well, no, this is really simple. And we call it black belt brain in jujitsu. Cause it's like, no, this is simple. And it's like, no, 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 no. So then I had to rewrite it, rewrite it and simplify it down. So I tell people the, the biggest thing you can do if you're listening to this and if, if you have a business and if you don't have a business, you can do it on your personal one. Hopefully you have a business checking account. If not, we got, we got bigger problems and your, your IRS is going to love to get a hold of you someday. So make sure you have business checking. And then if you don't have it yet, open a business savings account and set up automatic transfers. It's the easiest thing ever. And once it's done, it's done. And people are like, Hey, wait a second. There's money in my account. I'm like, yeah, it moves. And I tell people like, I literally have money move every day. Cause I'm just a big believer in velocity, building momentum, you know, money always moving. I don't want it sitting. So it's like money's moving to that savings account and you can set up people are like, well, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, can you do a dollar a day? You know, 21 business days in a month. They're like, yeah, a piece of cake. No problem. I'm like, well, they're like, well, it's not that much money. I'm like, well, it's more than you're doing right now. So let's get started. And then, cause it's not hard. It's a dollar. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Then it's like, Hey, then they'll be like, Hey, I think I can do five bucks. Cool. I'll do five bucks. Then I can do 10 bucks and I can do 20. And then I'm like, Hey, now you're starting to see money really grow. Like, you know, 400 bucks a month over the span of three months and a quarter is over $1,200. And it's like, boom, now you got more money than that. I forget what the study year was, but like X amount of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency, you know, if it popped up, you know, and it's like, wow. you want to get out of that situation as soon as you can. And so you start building these automations and just letting things grow. And then from there, you can do so many cool things. But if you're just getting started and you really want to like, like, hey, I'm listening to this. I want to do something to improve my life. It's like literally, you know, when you're done listening, open up a savings account and set up an automation and start with a dollar, $2, $10, whatever you feel comfortable with and just have that moving. Mm, come on, man. <laughs> Keep it I love real that, dude. Yeah, dude, super so simple. <laughs> I never thought about that. That's so funny, man. And and I'm probably one of those guys like I've I've I don't have a business like account for my podcast. Uh, but man, I would I think I need to get to that level because I'm one of those folks who my wife and I we kind of took the Dave Ramsey envelope system, put it in a, a digital banking version. We have like 25 yep. accounts. Right. Nice. So we just get it, we just deposit and transfer everything, you know, from you know, grocery to dine out to all that stuff yep. once I get paid. And <laughs> and then it's like, okay, once that account gets down to zero, well, we don't get to eat out anymore until the next yep. paycheck, right? So <laughs> Um, I should probably open up my business account. <laughs> That's awesome. There you go. Yeah. Get a, get a business savings account and just have money move automatically every day. Come on. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> what is the best book on money that you've read? Uh, besides mine, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Around. Besides yours. Yes. Like my, mine's super, uh, it's going to be funny. It's actually a, a book you would never think of is money by Tony Robbins is a really good book. I think everybody should read because the reason I like that book so much is he's not really a money guy. So what he did is he went and interviewed like the top people in all these different aspects of life and money. And some of the chapters are kind of like boring, but then you'll get into some and it, it really helps with your mindset and looking at money differently. You know, when you interview these experts, you're like, whoa, it's like, you get to hear like Ray Dalio is like a famous um, money manager. You get to hear these different stories and you're like, okay, this makes sense. This is pretty cool. It opens your mind up to a lot more. So I definitely, yeah. I like that book a lot. Sweet. I, Tony is like that, that legend for me. Uh, you know, like he's the, the dude that I've always looked up to since I was a kid, you know, had his, his stuff on tape cassettes oh, for yeah. those who don't know what those are back in the day, you know, but the, it was funny cause where I'm at, he actually has a house up here somewhere. I've never seen it, but his, I, my, like I was saying before, my company used to be called top rated MMA and we had a TR logo and I had this TR shirt on at Costco one day up here. <laughs> And uh, the TR was on the back and I'm putting groceries in my car. And this old couple drives by and stops and says, Hey, we saw your jet out at the airport. And I was like, I got I don't, I don't have a jet. And <laughs> my like, jet. No, we saw your jet. We saw your logo on your shirt on the jet. And I was like thinking, who has a 
TR logo. And then I was like, oh, crap, Tony. Oh, yeah, that's Tony <laughs> Robbins. Like, I'm like, crap, I hope he doesn't sue me for having a similar logo, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> You're so, like, my but, jet someday. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I mean, speaking of like mentors and things like that, for you, it's so important, in my opinion, to just have mentors and coaches in your life oh. speaking into you. Like, who do you surround yourself with? And, and what's the best tip that you've gotten from a mentor or a coach? Man, the, the best tip is is get mentors and coaches is one of the best mm-hmm. things too. Like say, cause I, I come from a, a competitive background. So like in golf, yeah. I had a coach, you know, like all the top guys have Tiger Woods has multiple coaches. Everybody has coaches. And then, you know, you go to entrepreneurs and they're like, well, I can do it myself. I know, and I'm like, okay. You know, <laughs> and when I started hiring people, I'm like, Hey, wait a second. And it, it just collapses time so much. Cause you can find somebody who's where you want to be. And then you, like, hey, how did you, how did you do this? They like, go, hey, I got this program and I'll teach you everything. I'm like, cool. Here's my card. It's like, it, it makes you so much. If you just, you know, you just have to have. I guess the biggest tip would have an open mind. And when you hire coaches and look for people that are are doing the things or where you want to be, because it might be something different. You might you you might want one. Like some guys, like, oh, I want a private jet. I'm like, yeah, okay, I don't want to spend that much money. I, it's not even like a, a thing to me. A thing to me is like, I want to travel more. Maybe I can, you know, ride with people or you know, do stuff like that. But it's like, it's not like. I don't want to be the guy that's, you know, working a gazillion hours trying to grind. I want to be the guy that's on vacation and just chilling and having fun and and doing adventurous stuff. So find somebody who's where you want to be and just ask them how they got there and then buy any coaching or mentor program they have. So good, man. That that is the only way that you can like escalate your growth in a, a rapid speed, right? Is having that coach and mentor to guide you. You know, I was on Bradley's podcast dropping bombs last year and uh, he's like, man, listen, people don't have to work hard. They just have to follow people that are doing the things that they want to do. Like surround yourself with people that are living life that you want to live and do exactly what they do, you know, and it'll just expedite that, uh, that journey for folks to get onto where that, that path. Um, and I'm really big on morning routine. So I get up at 4am six days a week and, and, you know, I still work a full-time job on top of this, but for me, I get up early and it's where I spend my personal development time and spend time in prayer and worship. People need to figure out how to do this time management thing, but how can folks, manage their time better to get that win out of the day man you got to start like you said i'm a huge fan of that too you got to start early you know because if you wait for the day to start and you let the day take control of you man you are going to be working so hard so you just got to plan ahead uh, another book I, re- I like is the compound effect by darren hardy he talks about like you know that one in atomic habits just doing these little things that are going to set you up to win and like i said plan it out you can't just be like oh i hope i have a good day tomorrow it's like no i plan my stuff out like you know, get up in the morning. Don't get on social media. You know, don't check your email. The stuff that's going to be like, oh my God, I got to put these fires out. They're going to be there in two hours. Their fires aren't going anywhere. It's like, yeah. but if you get that block in the morning and it could be 4am, 6am, 8am. I used to get up at like five. Now I'm just kind of like, I've been in this whole, after listening to the Huberman podcast a bunch, like my sleep pattern kind of go on its own. So I keep waking up at like seven. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, but then yeah. I block it out. So it's like, I get my stuff done and I'm, I'm the most, it's weird. It's going to, I get the best work done kind of in the morning when I'm almost half awake still, because your mind's not overthinking things. You're just kind of like, okay, I got to get this thing done. And you're laying there drinking your coffee and you're hacking away on something you got to finish for a a course or, you know, an update on the, on the website, things like that. But it's like, if you can get your things out in the morning, like you said, you know, get some coffee, think about your day, plan some stuff out, get your checklist, have two or three things you have to get done. And then it's okay, cool. I got everything done. Let's put out some fires. Cause you know, when you, you log into your email, social media or Slack, there's something you got to fix, especially, you know, if you're staying busy, it's like, you can't avoid it. It's like, okay, I'm going to deal with it. And then, but you'll notice that you can get so much more done that it becomes easier. It's like, okay, this wasn't so bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Man, you know, one of the questions that I asked, uh, I used to ask fighters when they would come on my previous podcast was, why do you want to get punched in the face? And <laughs> I, I think the same question goes for entrepreneurs. Why do we want to get punched in the face? But we keep going, right? As a fighter and an entrepreneur, we always run into situations where we might have fear come upon us. Like, how do you handle fear? How do you encounter that? How do you overcome fear when it gets into your system? Man, fear is like, it's, it's a tough thing. That's why a lot of people don't make the jump to be an entrepreneur. They get comfortable. It's like, I had a great job. I could have stayed, you know, but there's that, that thing that was kind of nagging at me and it was scary. And it was like, I faced it and I'm like, oh, okay. And then when I got into MMA, it was like, that was, you know, jujitsu was, even jujitsu was scary. Competing in anything is scary, but man, nothing's mm -hmm. scarier than MMA fighting. It was like, and I did that for a few years. I was like, this is not fun. I, you know, cause like when you interview good fighters, like I wasn't a very good MMA fighter. I'm too nice. And I'm more of a jujitsu guy. And just like, Hey, let's go train and roll. These guys are like, I want to break your face. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> not me. Okay. But when you, when you talk to the really, really good guys, the elite guys, like my best friend, man, they're just something different about those guys. You're just like, mm -hmm. okay, yeah, there's something different about you. So those guys, they, I think they feed off the fear. A guy like me is like, I have to face the fear. And it was like, once you face it, you're like, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. I didn't die. It's like, I, I can do things. So in an entrepreneur, same thing. It's like, you know, you're going to be scared to do things sometimes. So like, you know, oh, should I run the, you know, I want to grow the business, but I don't want to run any ads. And it's like, well, then you're going to be, you know, stuck at whatever you can get organically. It's like, then you teach them how to do some basic stuff. And they're like, oh, wait, I ran some ads and I got more leads. And I'm like, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's like, it wasn't that scary, <laughs> you know? And then, but facing it, facing it head on is the biggest thing. Cause once you face it, then you're kind of like, okay, I understand that. Okay. That makes sense. You know, but mm. yeah, MMA, that was a whole nother animal. <laughs> Dude, I, I bet, man, my, my kids, they do, uh, they, they, last year they did jujitsu. They didn't do it this year, but they did it for a full year and they're super tiny, but it was fun to watch them oh, in their class. They're the best being, the little ones, you know, <laughs> getting King of the mat, you know, I'm like, dude, that's awesome. You just took out six kids in a row. Dude. <laughs> no, it's yeah. awesome watching those kids. You know? And it's stuff you don't, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's part of the problem with things in the world is you don't get to experience that stuff, you know, unless you yeah. go out and look. Cause like, yeah, you don't want to go, you don't want your kid on the playground, like going through six kids. Cause then you're like, Oh, your kid's getting kicked out of school. And it's like, you know, but right. it's like in a controlled environment, it's like, there's something, I think it's why the, I think Dana White said it the best about the UFC, why it's MMA is so popular. He goes, you can go anywhere in the world, speak in any language, whatever does it. And if a fight breaks out, everybody's like, Oh, fight. And they all go over and watch it. You know, totally. it's like, it's like he said, if you say, if he's in the UK and they say, Hey, crickets, uh, he's like, I, I, was, how does, I don't even know how that works, <laughs> but yeah, fighting yeah, is that yeah. thing. It's like, it's primitive in all of us. Cause honestly, unless you're one of those elite guys, you don't want, ever want to get in a fight. It's like, it's, but it's something about our human nature is like, when you know that you can defend yourself and you can defend your family and the confidence that it brings is just a thing. Like I never get in fights just cause I'm super, you know, it's like people, it's like when I'm, way back in the day when, when I was in college, we used to bounce at a couple clubs after I moved here in Dallas. And that was kind of a scary place. Like you figured out real fast how, you know, like the, the loud, obnoxious guy. That's not the one you got to worry about. It's the, the calm, quiet one in the back. It's like, okay, he's, he, he's the truck. He's the one that's going to do something, you know, but it's a, the guys that's like super loud and annoying. It's like, okay, yeah, don't worry about him. But so you learn to be that confident person, man. And it, it can de-escalate so many situations, man. Oh, awesome. I love to finish the show with a fun question. I'm a big music guy. So I love to ask the question, like what type of music do you listen to? What, what gets you in the, the, the mood to, you know, get out there and, and get a win for the day? <laughs> I'm a little bit of everything kind of guy, okay. but like if you, if you had to go back to like the thing growing up with, one of my first concerts was Metallica. And Come so on. that's just like, that's just like the go-to one. When they did this last tour, it was so much fun. I saw them at the, the big Jerry Jones world at Texas stadium. It was insane. Okay. So, you know, anytime I, I know, some old school Metallica, you know, that's, that's definitely the go-to. <laughs>
Dude, those guys, I saw them in 1996 at Lollapalooza at the at an outdoor venue called The Gorge out in Washington. And the next nice. time I saw them was in 2003 where the Seahawks play in Seattle. And it was oh, just wow. massive, massive, you know, stadium out there. But <laughs> Unreal. They're just, they're amazing. They're timeless, apparently. They yeah, for just keep sure, going. <laughs> for sure, man. Uh, Paul, this has been such a great conversation, man. You dropped so much knowledge out there, man. And I know people are going to get so much out of it. Thank you so much for taking time, man. Truly an honor to have you on the show. Man, thanks for having me. That was fun, Eric. Had a great time. Hey, thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to take a listen or watch. It's truly an honor to be able to speak with such amazing guests, and I hope that they've made an impact on your life in some way, shape, or form. And you can do me one big favor. That would be huge. Click that subscribe button, and then second favor, hit that share button. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate you. Keep changing the world. I believe in you.